0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Vision Sunday is is not where we share the vision of the church because really, if I was honest with you, it doesn't change. It's the same vision. Uh, so that's, that's simple and you can read that anytime. But Vision Sunday is actually about empowering you to see. It's empowering you to see. A lot of people think that, a prophet is someone who hears from God and then speaks what they hear. But if you read the, the prophets, whether it's Isaiah, uh, you know, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Nahum, Habakkuk, Obadiah, you know, Jonah, if, if you, they, they, they see, they, they see and then they speak what they see. It would be a, a, a very, very sad thing if, you know, Pastor Leanne and I were the only people that see. I mean, it's it's wonderful the ego of a ministry. For the ego of a ministry, com, which doesn't exist because no one could ever spell it anyway. So, but we were on very, very, kind of strict orders if I was honest with you when we came over that that our job was the empowerment of people and it's so so important that we help you to see help you to see so in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the face of the deep the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters then God said let there be light and light came so God turns the lights on in verse 3, but in verse 1 and 2, God does His creating. God creates in the dark because God is, God is modeling. God, God never—the laws of God are, are not things that He made up for you that He doesn't— I know that our politicians have rules for thee, but not for me. That's not how God operates. That's not how God operates. I know the salons are shut down except for me. I know that— I know that the restaurants are shut down except for me, Mr. Newsome, but that's not how God operates. God always leads by example. He models by example. So God creates the heavens and the earth, formless void, darkness, and then He turns the lights on. Uh, biology tells us that for the human eye to see, light must be present. So God is showing us there that before He turns the lights on, He's creating to tell us that you, you need to get vision. Sight is possible when light is present. Vision is what you see when there's no light present. Vision is the ability to see in the dark. We, 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 have, we, we have a mobile phone, an Apple phone with all kinds of technology. But be, before I saw this with my hand, before I saw it in a store, Steve Jobs saw it in an invisible realm. Every creation, before you see a motor car on the lot, somebody saw that thing in the invisible regions of their mind. Every creation is born twice. It is born first in the invisible, and then it comes manifest in the visible. As a a pastor and a leader, I can't get away from Genesis 1-1 the god wants you to have vision so last week we had vision sunday and and i hope that you wrote things i hope that you wrote things that that were prophetic that that you were looking in the dark the dark says that it's not possible the dark says well it's 2020 the dark says well all the businesses were shattered in uh, you can't open you need to vision is you get with god You've got to get with God and you've got to see. You've got to see the invisible. It's the Holy Spirit. The language of the Holy Spirit is visions and dreams. The language of the Holy Spirit is the prophetic. Joel 2, 28, In the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Yeah, but I'm not, you know, I'm not really that religious. All flesh. Are you flesh? Well, God, well, then you qualify. <laughs> yeah, but I don't read my Bible that much. Are you flesh? Yeah, I'm flesh. Well, then you qualify. Yeah, but you know, I'm not really. You, I'll pour out, pour out my spirit on all flesh. God's an equal opportunity, God. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men see visions, old men dream dreams. I've still seen visions, so kind of kind of holding on to being young. But unfortunately, I'm having a lot more dreams as well, so I'm like, oh, shoot. (laughs) Young men will see visions, old men would. So prophetic visions, dreams is the language of the Holy Spirit. God often speaks in pictures because a picture paints a thousand words. My, My brain gets in the way if God speaks in words too often. So he'll put a picture in there, and a picture has a thousand words in it. And so you find that God speaks in pictures. So I want you to get a picture of hope. Okay. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Good plans, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. The devil wants to put a picture in your mind that is hopeless, that is doomed, that is gloom, that is negative. If you have that picture, then it's not from God. Get with God. Get with God. With God, all things are possible. With God, well, yeah, but, you know, look at what's happening in the economy. No, no, with God, not with the economy, not with government, not with, with God, all things are possible. The, just the biggest question is, are you with God? So last, last week was Vision Sunday. Following Vision Sunday, we do Freedom Sunday. Freedom Sunday. The reason we do Freedom Sunday is because it's one thing to have a vision. It's the other thing to be free enough to pursue that vision. The founding fathers in our, in our uh, Constitution said that, that, that there are certain inalienable rights that come from God. And three of those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In other words, they understood that if you have vision, that vision without freedom leads to frustration. That if you have vision, but no, no capacity, you're not free to go after it. It is, it is a, a sentence that is, that is worse, than, worse than prison. God wants to give you vision, and God wants to give you freedom. Where, where are we at in America right now? In America, sadly, we are at a place where our freedoms are under attack, where our freedoms are under attack like never before. This was the land built on freedom. January 1994, I visited America for the first time. And when the wheels hit the ground, I'm looking out the window of the plane. As the wheels hit the ground in Los Angeles Airport, the the first word that came into my head was liberty. I'm like, whoa. It was like it was just the most random thing. God took me on a journey where he began to show me the freedom that we have in America, that we don't have anywhere else in the world lived in Germany, I've lived in Australia, I've lived in New Zealand. The freedoms we have here we don't have anywhere else in the world and it's because of our constitution which is is a threat to those who want to create two, two classes, a ruling class and a subjugated class. So we live in a place where our freedoms are removed. Prophetically speaking again, this last year 2020 we saw the we, we saw a virus unleashed on the world, a bioengineered virus in the, the, the labs of Wuhan that was, that was weaponized with an agenda. Wow. And so we were told that we needed to wear masks. And Dr. Fauci first came out saying that masks don't work, but then, and he was talking in, in regards to the virus and he was 100% right. So, but the masks do work with their agenda And the agenda was always to remove your voice. It was always to remove your voice. It's to tell you that you have no voice. We saw this in the election. You don't have to be an Einstein to figure out that a bumbling basement dwelling could get 81 million votes. Impossible. Impossible. All the algorithms show it is impossible. But... But it was all about taking away your voice. Your vote is your voice and your voice is your vote. If you do not have a vote, you do not have a voice. The people that want to rule do not care about your voice. So we saw last week the the assault on free speech went to another level where they, 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 they banned the president from Facebook, from Twitter, removed his posts three times calling for peace because it didn't fit the narrative. But it didn't end there. I need you to understand it's not going to end there. It doesn't end with crucify him, crucify him. Once they crucified the Christ, they went after the disciples. It doesn't end there. They've gone after the conservatives. So where, where are we today? I'm glad you asked. Where we are today... <laughs> Is we we are we are in the days of Elijah. We're in the days of Elijah. I, Elijah Elijah had a lament. If you if you read 1 Kings 17, 18, 19, 20, Elijah had an, a, a lament, and this was his, his lament. He said, "Lord, I alone am left of the prophets of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450." Asherah's prophets are 400. Now I had somebody say to me the other day, yeah, yeah, but God said to him, no, 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 you know, do not think you're the only one left. There are 7,000 who haven't bowed their knee. They haven't bowed their knee, but I don't hear them. They, They haven't bowed their knee, but they're not prophesying. They're not speaking. Elijah, Elijah is the church. Elijah is the church. Elijah knew that the land needed the word of the Lord. It needed the voice of the Lord. Where God's word is, life follows. Where God's word is, faith comes. Without faith it is impossible. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. By faith they overcame, by faith they conquered, by faith they took territory, by faith. So where, where the word is, faith is. If the devil can get rid of the word, he can get rid of faith and he can bring the land into darkness. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Where there's no word, the people stumble in darkness. And uh, if we're hoping that that the Lindsey grains if we're hoping that the the cowards in the the it's not going to happen if, if our trust is in man it's not going to happen the church the church is called to stand in this hour the church is called to stand in this hour we are Elijah in this hour so The Bible says that Jezebel was slaughtering the prophets of the Lord. She was slaughtering. Candace Owens just got got removed from all. Charlie Kirk, they're slaughtering all the voices that they they don't agree with, all the conservative voices. There's a bill on the desk to be signed as one of the first things that the Biden-Harris administration would sign is a domestic terrorist Bill that goes after uh, any speech that empowers what they call white supremacy or white privilege. And basically, if you follow it, it goes back to what they call the white Christian gospel. So they're coming after the church. It's not enough for the presidents, not enough for conservative voices, not enough for. It's, it, they must wipe out. So there are 450 prophets of Baal, and there were 400 prophets of Asherah. Eight hundred and fifty false prophets. It's interesting. There was two factions. There was Asherah. Asherah was a was a Canaanite deity of sexual perversion, promiscuity, you know, all kinds of sexual confusion. And at the same time, there was Baal worship, which was primarily abortion, but also witchcraft and, and everything else. And so we see, if you have a look, if you peel the layers back, you see all kinds of sexual perversion that's trying to come into our schools. And at the same time, not just not just abortion, but full-term abortion, and now even post-birth abortion, is is coming. It's Baal and it's Asherah. But then there's then there's Elijah. Yeah. Then there's Elijah. Yeah. Now Elijah comes and a gentleman by the name of Obadiah finds Elijah and Elijah says to him, take me to Ahab. I've got to speak to him. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. He, there, there is not a land where he hasn't sought you to snuff you out. This spirit is aggressive. It wants to shut our voices down. There's no, and and if, it'll come that the Lord will take you somewhere else and then my master will say that I lie to him and he'll kill me. And he says, no, no, take me to your master. And he says, have you not heard what I've done? I've taken 100 of the prophets, and I've hidden them 50 to this cave and 50 to that cave, and I've fed them with bread and water. And that's where we're at in America right now. Uh, we, we, we have churches that, that, are, that are prophetic, but, but because of the pressure, they've decided just to retreat to just kind of save what we got. Hey, we'll just, you know, we'll go online. You know, we won't speak out. We won't speak up. We won't say anything that rocks the boat. We don't want to, you know, mess with the status quo. So we'll just retreat and we're just happy to subsist on on bread. The 2020 wasn't our best year and, you know, online services and everything. But, hey, we're surviving. We're, we're in the back of it. We ain't saying nothing. But but I like Elijah. I like Elijah because he's like, I, I, I ain't going in no cave. I'm not backing up to no cave and when Ahab when Ahab finds him when Ahab finds him he says, is that you troubler of Israel? He saw Elijah as the problem. He saw Elijah as the troubler of Israel and Elijah's like, I ain't the troubler. You and that woman Jezebel who turn the people away from God and worship the Baals, you're the trouble of Israel. See, they right now the Spirit is going to see us as the church. We're the problem. But I'm looking, thinking, no, no, you jack wagons are the issue. You have forsaken God. You've torn down His altars. Do you know that they've torn down His altars? They've, any references to God they're trying to remove, they're trying to strip from our courts, from our currency, from any reference to God, prayer in schools, you are the problem. We're not the problem. So there's a battle going on. There's a battle going on. But Elijah, I'm not sure if you remember, but Elijah, because he refused to back down, he says, well, you bring out your bull? Because I believe what you believe is a whole load of bull. And we'll bring out our bull. You, you know, you think that man evolved from monkeys and... Knock yourself out. Well, you bring out your bull. We'll bring out our bull. The God that answers by fire, He's the true God. You'll always know the true God because there's fire that falls on the altar. There's fire that falls on the altar. I don't see no fire on you. I don't see any transformation in your people. I see people change by the fire of the altar. We have people that come forward and they've got terminal cancer and fire falls on the altar and consumes the cancer. People that come forward with depression, there's fire on the altar to smash the depression, to smash the anxiety. There's fire on our altars. Jesus said, Jesus said that, you know, in the scriptures, and he was quoting the scriptures that, that uh, Elijah would always precede the Christ, that Elijah, Elijah would come first. And they said to Jesus, uh, You know, are you Elijah? He said, I'm not Elijah. I'm not Elijah. He says, But Elijah has come. And he, and he meant John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a voice crying in the wilderness, a voice crying in the wilderness. Sadly, the synagogues didn't have a voice. The Bible says that all Jerusalem all Judea and all Samaria went out to John in the wilderness no air conditioning no no cafes no stores no running water no they went out into the wilderness into the desert because John was a voice crying in the, they didn't cross the street to go into the synagogue because there was no voice in the synagogue One of the saddest things in this season is to see how many Great ministries just have, for whatever reason, acquiesced to the culture of the day and have no voice. But people are looking for a voice. People are looking for... We've we, we, we got to be a voice crying in the wilderness. Make straight the paths of God because Elijah comes first. But what is following? So I need you to understand that, that today is Freedom Sunday and our freedoms are under attack. God is the source of life, but He's also the source of freedom. The Bible says, In the beginning God created man from the dust of the earth, and God ah, breathed into Adam. God breathed into Adam the breath of life, and Adam became a living being, became a sentient being. His, His central nervous system, his immune system, his respiratory system, All the system, every system began to fire up. He becomes aware. He becomes conscious. He he becomes a living being. But God did not create Adam. He didn't give Adam life to make him a slave. He didn't create Adam to be a slave. Yes, Master, I worship you because I am programmed to. That's all I do is I... I worship because Adam, Adam, see a lot of people, a lot of people, Pastor Colin, have always asked this question and it's a good question and I've asked this question. If God knows everything, why would he put the freaking tree? Why would he put the tree if he knows why? Just put crocodiles around. I mean, put a fence. Put, ah, what the? Electricity. I mean, you know, like Why would you give him? Why did God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden? Because God was showing us that he's not just a God that that gave us life. But life without freedom is no life at all. That freedom, freedom is only freedom if you can choose even to do what is wrong. If, if, if you don't have a choice, do you really love? Like, you have the choice to obey and you have the choice to disobey. You have the choice to worship or you have the choice to withhold. You have the choice to love or you have the choice to. God gave man freedom. He gave you freedom. If there's no freedom of speech, there's no freedom of thought. If you can't speak and think, you may have life, but you've become a slave. Wow. There, is a, there is a spirit in this world that seeks to dominate. There's a, there's a movie, I'm surprised it's still on Netflix, it's called The Social Dilemma. And it's about you know, Google and Facebook and all of those things. And you may say, well, when I'm, you know, when I'm on my social media, ads come up, you know, ads come up and oh, they make the money from the ads and therefore the, the, the product that the ads are selling, that's the product. But the CEOs and the, the geniuses of, of these companies said actually, no, no, that's not the product, you're the product. You're the product. The, the most profitable industry in all 6,000 years of recorded human history has been slavery. In Eastern Europe, when the wall came down in 1991, in Eastern Europe, the gospel went in, but the gospel wasn't the only thing that went in. The devil also went in. And they began to, they began to take many of the young girls and they, they put them into the sex trade. And they would have them raped and abused and then prostituted out. And then they would sell them again and again and again. Because as a slave, they could, they could use them, profit from them, and then sell them, get all their money back. It was, you know, not just a hundred. It was like sometimes a thousand percent money back. Slavery has always been. And so there's a spirit in this world that wants to make you A slave. Well, I'm, no, I'm nobody's slave. Well, if you can't think freely and if you can't speak freely, you're two-thirds of the way there already. You're two-thirds of the way there already. So we live in an age where freedom is under attack. But I've got good news. The Bible says in Galatians 5 verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now, I, I may have painted a little bit of doom and gloom, but the good news is there is a script. There is a script. It's called Scripture. And I know how this thing ends. I know how this thing ends. There, there may be a crucifixion happening right now, but you know what happened after the crucifixion? When all, when all the men that were put our trust in, Peter denied him three times, Judas betrayed him, We've seen our betrayers. We've seen our deniers. We've seen our turncoats. We've seen people turn back. We hear crucify him, crucify him. There's a crucifixion. But all of that follows resurrection. Yeah. Sorry, all of that precedes a resurrection. Is followed by a resu- resurrection is coming. Life is coming. Freedom is coming. Come on, America was founded on freedom. The demonic forces may have come. The Bible says that when, when the enemy comes in like a flood... 2020 was the year where the enemy came in like, nobody expects a flood. No one's walking around going, hey, 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 flood's coming. (laughs) What? You you know, nobody, nobody, a flood is something that overwhelms you, knocks you off your feet. Like, oh my gosh, I couldn't stand. I'm underwater, man. I'm swept away. And that was 2020. Just, we, it got hit from left field. COVID-19, lockdown, shutdowns, you know, no travel, just hit us. But the Bible says in Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The flood comes first. The enemy comes in like a flood first. God always lets the devil play his hand. God in heaven right now is letting the devil play his hand. He's putting everything down and God is not faced. God is royalty and he has the royal flush. When the enemy comes in, the Spirit of the Lord is about to lift up a standard. That's why the devil's trying to pull down the voice of the church because he knows that that standard is about to, to be unleashed. So just watch, watch, watch. God is with you. God is for you. And it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Now, let me just say this, that freedom does not come from government. It comes from God. Our founding fathers saw that freedom does not come from men. It comes from God. So in Australia, we have free health care, free health care, free health care. Probably the biggest lesson, Colin, that I've learned in, in life is there's no such thing as a free lunch. If someone has a, a, a deal that is too good to be true, it's usually too good to be true. And so somebody has to pay for it. So right now, oh my gosh, I've got my $600. That's your money anyway. They've taken billions of your money to schmooze foreign countries, many of them that hate America because they're they're profiting personally while they throw America under the bus and then they throw you some scraps. See, here's here's the price that that we paid in Australia and paid in New Zealand, paid in some of these nations. In in exchange for free stuff, you exchange your freedom because they say, hey, listen, if you put us in power over you, we will then dispense from our power free health care, free college education. But the price is if you will give up your freedom, we will give you stuff for free. The larger the government, the smaller your freedom. The smaller your government, the greater your freedom. The U.S. Constitution is unlike any constitution anywhere in the world because it limited the size of government to maximize the size of your freedom. This is a biblical thing. It is a biblical thing because the the, the truth is that whoever is in power, the wealth, And the resources of a land flows to those in power. When Joseph was serving Pharaoh and there was a famine in the land, The seven years of the famine, over the seven years, the people who were not in power, Pharaoh was in power. At the end of the seven years, the people had nothing left. All their land, all their stock, all their cattle, all their money, all their possessions. In fact, they were themselves become slaves and Pharaoh became rich. In the famine, all the wealth and the resources flowed towards those who were in power. In every nation, those who were in power the wealth flows to them and away from those who are the subjugated class. The founding fathers saw over thousands of years of human history and they saw from the model of the scriptures that God does things differently. Jesus says, I want you to wait in Jerusalem till you receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So on day one, there were 500 people that went up into the upper room, but because it took 10 days, 380 people just had other things to do. They didn't, they had kind of better things to do than get power. So by the 10th day, there was 120 people left. I could maybe get through 17 or 18 of those. That means there was over a hundred the majority of those people. i got no idea who they were or what their names were. All I know is they received power on the day of Pentecost. God didn't put the power on Herod. He didn't put the power on Caesar Augustus. He didn't put the power on Philip the Tetrarch. He didn't put the power on Caiaphas the high priest. He didn't put the power on the scribes. He didn't put the power on the religious leaders. He put power on the people that we don't even know their names because God empowers from the bottom up. So our founding fathers from the scriptures decided that if the wealth and the resources of a land flows to those in power, the greatest thing we can do is put the authority of the land of America not in the hands of a king, not in the hands of a potentate, not in the ha- but in the hands of the people. That's why the preamble is we the people. And the people that govern, govern at the consent of those who govern. We don't serve them, they serve us. Well, that's how it's meant to be. They're meant to serve us. The reason that America has become so prosperous, has flourished, is because there's a truth that whoever is in power, wealth and resources flow. It wasn't the government that invented the motor vehicle. It It was a man that had freedom to dream, freedom to think, freedom to express. It wasn't the government that invented the light bulb. It was a Thomas Edison that had freedom to think. It wasn't the government that, involved, that invented flight. Orville and Wilbur Wright invented flight because they had freedom. Every innovation, every invention has not come from government. It has always come from a people who were free, who were empowered to be free because the wealth and the resources of land flows towards those who are in power do not give up your power do not give up your authority because of the promise of free stuff nothing is free now watch this well hang on a minute you know you you preach up there that you know salvation's free salvation's free well it is free because somebody paid for it so whenever they're offering you free health care or free college tuition, just have a look and say, OK, well, hang on, if it's free for me, who paid for it? I know that heaven is free because somebody hung on a cross and paid the highest price possible so that I could have everlasting life. In fact, Jesus did not just die on the cross so that you could have heaven. He died on the cross to set you free. Jesus died on the cross so that you could be free. Free in your mind, free in your soul, free in your spirit, free in your body. Now, the day I got saved, I was going to heaven. I was 100%. The moment I accepted Christ into my life, I was going to heaven. I was 100% saved, but I was 99.99999% jacked up. I still thought like the world. I still was full of fear and bitterness and selfishness and, you know, anxiety and lust and greed and anger and unfigure. I said all of those issues. That's why we're not a salvation church. We're a disciple church. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't get people saved. Absolutely. To make disciples, we've got to get people saved, but we don't quit at salvation. Our goal is not just to get you saved. Our goal is to make disciples and discipleship is now that you're saved, let's allow the word of God to unravel now now let me just say this that I didn't say in the 830 and the 10 so don't tell them but I didn't tell them this and I only told you okay don't tell them I heard a preacher recently it was so so sad Colin that uh, he was preaching on the we, we don't need to repent that you know Jesus is and it was so sad because I know in my life the level of repentance in my life has always equated to the level of deliverance in my life. You can't be delivered from something you refuse to repent of. Repentance is a magnificent gift. So you can be as free as you choose to be. Jesus died on a cross to 100% set you free. But whatever you don't want to, you know, had to deal with a situation where leader had committed infidelity in his marriage. And when I was speaking with this particular leader, he was making all kinds of excuses. And the truth is, you know, some of the excuses may even have been legit, but I just felt the Holy Spirit as I'm talking with him, just the Holy Spirit, like, grieve. It was like this grief. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, what, you know, what's, what's with the grief? Like, what he's saying kind of adds up. And he's like, I can only deliver to the the willingness of his repentance because my authority is determined on his willingness to take responsibility because authority and responsibility and when you're not responsible there's no authority over that thing so you'll find yourself in a repeat of that sin. the greatest thing that can happen in church is that we preach the word We don't preach preferences. We don't water down the Word. We just preach the Word. But I found this. Even the sins that I wished weren't in the Bible, that I reveled in, when I read the Bible, go, dog, come on! As I began to line myself up with God, I found myself free from those things. And life got better. I'm telling you, there's there's no sin the devil is offering you that is worth worth substituting what God has for you. What God has for you. The greatest life you can live is one that honors God. But I found that the the, the price is my willingness to take responsibility. Jesus says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Yeah, that's because he's God's son, so he's his favorite. Actually, it says in Philippians 2 that Jesus, who being in the very, very form of God, didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation taking on the form of a man and then submitting Himself to death, yea, even the death of crucifixion on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him and given. So Jesus has all authority because He took complete responsibility. He came down and was in a garden called Gethsemane, sweating drops of blood, saying, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass by, if there's any other way that you can atone for their sins without me being that atoner, please do it. And God's like, there's no other. You're the lamb. You're the one that has lived a perfect life, fulfilled all my law. You are the substituting sacrifice. So Jesus willingly picked up the cross and carried it to the top of the hill, knowing that when he got to the top of the hill, they would stretch out his arms and nail him to that cross that would lift him up. And Jesus knew that on that cross, he would become sin. 2 Corinthians five twenty-one. if we can throw that one up, 2 Corinthians five twenty-one. that God made him who knew no sin to be sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That on that cross, Jesus became sin, so that your sin and my sin would be extracted from us, not just placed on him, he would literally become the very abhorrence, the, 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 the very thing that is accursed of God. Jesus was, I just need you to understand that He, he didn't just take on our sin, He became sin, but He was also accursed. John 3:14, two verses before John 3:16, for God to love the world, John 3:14, back up two verses, says, Jesus speaking, says, just as the Son of Man, or as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so too must the Son of Man be lifted up. Well, you can say, well, "Hang on." How, how? So, when they were bitten by serpents in the wilderness, Moses says, "God, what do I do? The people are dying because they've got hemotoxins; they've got poison, snake poison in there." He says, "Make a bronze, bronze's judgment. Make a bronze serpent, and lift it and put it on a pole, and it'll come to pass that anyone who's bitten, all they've got to do is look at the pole." The people that tried to tie tourniquets died. You can't save yourself, but it's by faith. If you will look at the pole. Looking by faith, it'll nullify, it'll nullify. I can't save myself. Well, you know, I helped a little old lady with her shopping, you know. doesn't doesn't nullify the sin. But I've got to look at the one hanging on a pole. But what a type. Hang on. How are you say Jesus was good? What are you already trying to say? No, no. On the cross, He became sin. On the cross, He became sin. Uh, the Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters. The sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the letter Vav. Aleph, Beit, uh, Gimel, dalit, Hay, Vav. Vav is the sixth letter, but Vav means nail or hook. Vav is used as, a, as, a, as an interconnection. So I would say Colin and Melissa. It's like and, Vav. Colin, Vav, Melissa, Colin, and. It's a joining. It's a hook. It's a nail. When Jesus was on the cross, how many nails did He have in Him? Three nails. The, the 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 numerical value of Vav is six. So Christ on the cross has six, six, six on the cross. The Hebrew word for serpent is the word Nahash. Nahash has a numerical value in Hebrew, a gematria they call it, of three five, eight, three hundred and fifty-eight. There's only one other single word in the entire Hebrew lexicon that also has the numerical value 358. And it's the word Mashiach, Messiah. So so what the serpent put in, Mashiach the Messiah would cover, would blot out. When they were bitten by the serpent, all they had to do was look at what was on a pole, and it would blot out, Jesus is the Messiah he 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 destroyed every single sin to disqualify you from the presence of god he broke every chain he broke every curse now listen well how do i know if it's a curse if this is just something that's a test well jesus says you know when you pray say our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven so if you don't see it in heaven you don't got to have it as a christian here on earth so i don't see I don't see uh, anxiety in heaven, therefore I don't need to live with it here. I don't see depression, I don't need to live it here. I don't see cancer in here, I don't need to see it here. On earth as it is in heaven, you believe it or not, are exhibit A evidence that heaven is real. That's why the devil hates the church, especially hates spirit-filled power churches. Because people say, well, I don't believe in God, but hang on, what do you mean you went forward in a church and you were terminal with cancer and they prayed for you and the cancer disappeared? Hang on, hang on, how's that? What do you mean that you were financially broke and you wrote an offering and then all of a sudden the next day debts were canceled and hang on, how does that? It, it, it's because you and I are the, the church is the gate of heaven, the gate of heaven. You access heaven. You access God. There's a gate. The Bible says we enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. So I know we don't like that. You know, I don't like walls. Walls are racist. Well, you know, heaven has a wall community around it. God has gates. We enter His gates. I don't. Why has God got gates? Because the Bible says the gates of hell. So the devil's got his own gates. So don't worry about that. Yeah, you'll notice they 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 put gates around all their homes. All the people who are piping off about gates. So even the devil has. Jesus says, "I'll build my church and the gates of hell." But we kick those gates in. We storm those gates. Come on, somebody. So let me just say all of this to say that Jesus hung on a cross so that you could have everlasting life. He hung on a cross so that you could have freedom. He hung on a cross so that the vision that you got last week, the vision that you carry in your soul and your spirit right now, that you have the freedom to go after it. And let me just tell you, your freedoms don't come from the government, they come from God. They did not come from man, so man has no right to take them away. You have freedom from God. The Founding Fathers saw that we have the freedom of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness. It's your constitutional right. Yeah, but they've told me I can't open my coffee shop. Well, I'm telling you, the Constitution says you can. You can open it because to have life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, you've got to be able to pay your bills. You can. 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 You can. You can. You can. Life. Liberty. Pursuit of happiness. God came to set you free. Come on. Stand to your feet. I'm out. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. I'm going to invite the ministry team to come forward. Now, listen. Two quick things. The first one. First one, if you've never surrendered to Jesus, the greatest thing I ever did on a beach was surrender my life to Christ. You may say, well, you know, I love church. It's kind of like a, you know, it's like a, a happy vibe, a positive vibe, and that's awesome. But I'm telling you, the happiness and the energy and the positive vibes that you're feeling all have a source, and His name is Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. The moment I came into Christ, everything shifted. A power came onto the inside of me that was greater than me, that led me to where I want to go, that led me to where God wanted me to be so if you're not born again do that today standing over here is a handsome young man he's a male model if he's not he should be but that's our response lounge we've got a bible and a book called following jesus if you once walked with jesus and you slipped away turn away run away fell away you're away come back if you've never surrendered come, you know surrender if you brought someone that needs to bring them down there even if you've got to drag them now, best thing anyone ever did for me was drag me to a meeting I didn't want to go to where I heard and then got saved. So best thing, best thing. You won't ever regret it. Take them there. We're going to give you a Bible. We're going to give you a following Jesus book. But right now, I don't want any person leaving here bound. You know, I was telling the last service, I was a little bit naughty. Um, I find it really interesting that our governor said, hey, listen, with the lockdowns and the shutdowns and you know, suicide hotline went up 8,000% in LA and uh, depression, anxiety, you know, addiction, overdoses went through the roof. So he said, okay, okay, what we're going to call essential to be open is strip joints, casinos, liquor stores, and drug dispensaries. But the church, you're shut. So in the midst of pressure, in the midst of loss, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of hopelessness, the church was shut. You came down, poof, poof, the church is shut. But they made sure the liquor store is open. They made sure the strip clubs open. They made sure the casinos open. They made sure the drug dispensaries are open. All of those things only take you down further. So I want you to know today there's, there's, there's no judgment in here. There's no, uh, the governor shut down churches. You couldn't get to church. But they made sure that all these things would only take you deeper. You know, you may have reached out to take a little hit because you were feeling so low. But how, how, this is what I found with, with every sin that I've ever reached my hand out to. When I try and let go of it, it's still got a hold of me, and I'm like... Ah. And it's still holding on. I'm like... Bleak. You know, I was saying that there were times where I thought, Man, all four could be good right now. So there's no judgment. There's no no judgment. There's, There's no judgment. But you know what is here? There's freedom. There's freedom. And let me tell you, there was a judgment. It fell on Christ. Jesus is now the devil stands condemned. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. If the devil's gripped you with an addiction, if he's gripped you with fear, any gambling addiction, drug addiction, porn addiction, alcohol addiction, anger, resentment, bitterness, jealousy, hopelessness, fear, anxiety, self-loathing, hatred, suicidal thoughts, hopelessness. They're all from the devil. And you don't have to walk out those doors with them. Today, there's an anointing here. There's a spirit of freedom here. So come on team, come forward. And I think we're going to have some people in the the aisles as well. But if you want some prayer, these guys are going to pray for you. But right now, would you let me pray a general prayer over you? Would you raise your hands? Because it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So let me just as, as your pastor pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. And I thank you that your presence is here. And right now I speak to the works of Satan. I speak to the works of the devil, trying to bind these people, trying to destroy their lives, trying to inhibit their lives, limit their lives, trying to control their lives, trying to enslave them. And I declare that every chain, every shackle every hold of sin of darkness of depravity every addiction I break it now in Jesus name I declare these people loosed and released I declare that by the blood of Jesus Christ they are set free in their mind they are set free in their spirit they are set free in their soul and they are set free in their body even the ones that the doctors have said well you know you you are you have a chemical addiction you have a physical addiction well right now the God who is over our chem- chemistry and the God who is over our biology and the God who is over our physicality right now in the name of Jesus. I cancel it now. I break that addiction now. I declare your body completely delivered and loose from that thing in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.